We're always telling your stories, and it's time someone tells ours. We're humans first, journalists second. We chose this career to give you a voice. Now we're voicing ours. It's true, journalism has much room for improvement, but not all hope is lost, and we want your trust back by humanizing one journalist at a time. We're sharing with you what we go through to bring you the news. The pain, the tears, the trauma, and the mental health struggles. It's painful, and sometimes we even work two jobs to make ends meet. But we all have something in common. The passion, the joy, and the love we feel for storytelling and holding the powerful accountable. That includes holding ourselves accountable. So here are stories from us. This is how we want to help improve the news industry. The Awakened Journalist is proud to present Media Healers by Emiliana Molina Fajardo. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Awakened Journalist and our special project, Media Healers. Today we have the privilege of speaking with Alejandro Rincón Agudelo. He has been following the diplomatic conversations and emergency meetings at the Security Council in the United Nations with the war in Ukraine. He is an international news correspondent for the National News Organization in Colombia, Noticias RCN, and he also works for the sister station NTN24, where his work airs across national television news stations in more than 20 different countries around the world. His reporting focuses mainly on Latin American issues and coverage of events in the United Nations, such as the political crisis in Venezuela, peace talks in Colombia, natural disasters in Chile, and the presidential elections throughout the region. Alejandro, welcome and thank you for being here with us today. Emiliana, what a great pleasure to be joining uh, this uh, special and very valuable project and uh, a very important conversation for all of us in the middle of uh, this crazy dimension in a world that we're living, honestly. I agree, I agree. So uh, with that said, this uh, crazy dimension in this crazy world that we're living in right now, I usually start these interviews asking journalists why they decided to become a journalist, but I think it's only fair that with you, we start with how are you doing covering all the diplomatic meetings at the United Nations with the war in Ukraine? Uh, and let it be that part of my official answer on the record. Uh, really um it's been emotionally draining uh by many 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 uh for for a variety of reasons i would say however um in this context and in this crisis that we're living um yes you're concentrating on uh reporting the facts reporting the events following things uh in a way that uh you show reality what's happening but then uh in the end and after all and especially in the context of the of the, of the war in ukraine i i do have to admit that uh, being a human being you uh, are touched you're moved uh because uh, there's very uh impactful images and circumstances that make you connect to realities in a different way. Uh, a very quick example, um, just days ago, when we were receiving the, actually, images of that theater uh, in Mariupol, uh, where around, it was said at some point, uh, it was sheltering 
400 people, mostly women, little kids, children, um, where actually they wrote in Cyrillic uh, children, noting who was hiding there and hoping that they were not being uh, hit by missiles. And yet they did. Um, that moves you, that moved me. Uh, another image, for example, uh, and I mean, of course, I'm going to be talking a lot about like uh, images because that's what I do for a living. I work with images. I report based on images. That's what I do. So images, not only the power of the video, but the power of connecting to emotions in a different way. Um, it hits you differently. Uh, there's a very powerful image of a kid as he's walking through the water with Poland. He's walking, he's walking alone with his own like possession that was like a small bag of whatever he had with him. But he was alone, he was crying. And then you start to think about just that kid. You connect with that circumstance because you think about family, you think about friends, you think about those who have kids and then you start wondering what if it were your kids? What if it were your family? And that moves you, that moved me. So this context is, uh, it's been emotionally draining. It's been quite a weird one, I gotta admit. Um, however, it's, it's our world in 2021, 2022, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, just so, so people know, um, between February 24th and March 15th, I think the Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights in the United Nations recorded around 1,900 civilian casualties with 726 people killed, including around 52 children. And this was caused by explosions and uh, explosive weapons uh, throughout populated areas. And what I want people to understand from your reality and your perspective is, you know, the fact that you're inside of the United Nations covering these emergency meetings and these diplomatic conversations um, and witnessing the Ukrainian war secondhand. So, and what I mean by secondhand is you are seeing all the images come through to you and then you gather the facts and you report on it. Um, you're not exactly in Ukraine right now, but this secondhand reporting also comes with, unfortunately, secondhand trauma. So the fact yes. that you're not in the war in Ukraine, covering it on the ground, it doesn't mean that you don't experience trauma by receiving these very difficult images to watch. And I want to ask you how you are doing to cope with this situation. Overall, uh, day after day, uh, when you just turn your camera off and then you're done with work, uh, to me throughout this, it's going to be, it's, it's incredible also to think that we're on day 26 of this crisis. So we're just like fastly approaching to a month of a war, of aggression. Um, to me, most importantly, not being alone, is what really, really, really helps me a lot. The fact that uh, I try to find always after work uh, some sort of uh, uh, activity 
going to dinner, uh, go do anything with someone, not being alone, being able to have another human being in this case in particular, just to do something and try to distract your mind. That's super, super, like really, really, really important for me right now. I think if I were like every day, if I were going home alone, uh, maybe my mind would be just like going again, again, thinking and rethinking and relieving things. And that would probably uh, play like a bigger role into like the overall feeling that you have around the world. Because as a reporter, being a reporter and following this kind of circumstance, um, is where you're going to go and do every day after. And then you just go day again, day again, day again. And what you do, it ends up affecting the way you feel about the world, the way you overall see things around you. And uh, <clears throat> I am not the kind of person who wants or likes uh, to feel bad about the world. I mean, it's... um. I, I'm not the kind of person who tends to take things like with him and keep him and keep him in your heart and like uh, feel uh, everything so intensely. But in this case in particular, when you think how much all of this could still really have an impact in like everybody, then it's that kind of concern that's in the back of your head. And I try not to keep it, not to keep it. I just try and like really, really uh, make an effort not to be uh, so much affected by it. So sharing spaces with others, doing things uh, after work, it's really, really important uh, in, in this context, really. Like sharing spaces with other human beings, other I don't know, visions of the world, because right now everything looks so uncertain, really. And um, I just don't want, and it is, of course, a personal decision not to allow myself to be so depressed by it <laughs> in a way. So I'm trying. And, and that's the key <laughs> word, trying, you know, trying. Um, because I agree with you that having a support system around you in very difficult times and very difficult news coverage is key and is essential to maintain a healthy mental health and to be able to speak freely about these pressing issues that affect us even by just telling the stories is crucial to not allow ourselves to fall into depressions, um, which I'm, I, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, I, I'm no, <laughs> um, how, how would you say it? I'm no stranger to depressions. I've, I've lived them throughout my career mm -hmm. and throughout my life. I'm wondering if you mm -hmm. have dealt with depressions throughout your career and throughout your life. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, it's part of what comes with the human being membership, right? I mean, I, personally believe that um, there is circumstances and events overall. It's it's life events. That's the way that I see this uh, issue in particular. It's their events that really upend everything you 
feel is certain and it changes. And like the the pressures that I have lived throughout my life and even in like my journalistic career, uh, such there's there's been uh, not once, not twice, there's been quite a few actually. Mm -hmm. I and even though I do not see myself as a currently not such a depressed person, I believe, uh, but um, I have lived circumstances that upend everything that I thought was true was real, and probably part of the reasons why I believe dealing with the the depressions or like tough events, let's call it like that, is because there is a context as a reality that is created around some cert, some uh, a set of conditions that you thought were real and then everything changes for a reason. So it's that change, even through language, somebody sometimes, sorry, changes circumstances a lot that transform everything and that very abrupt and very sudden change of circumstances changes of let's say uh events overall um that can really hurt you and really really make you go through a bad time but um uh, in my case the way that i that i've learned uh, to deal with them uh it's a very i love the i love the phrase because it's it's so simple and powerful but sometimes it's not easy to apply and that is for every problem that you have and every circumstance that you face yes you can be your own problem but you're also your own solution Meaning, it is only you who, in the end, knows for sure what you need uh, to heal and to be better and to move on and to thrive. So if you're not at peace with yourself first, you kind of work on that because you're going you're gonna to have a bad time. That's where <laughs> everything everything and everywhere yes. that's where it all begins yes i completely agree being at peace with yourself um and yeah. who you are then everything will flow much easier in life yeah alejo can you go into detail if you are willing and if, and if you feel comfortable sure uh in one particular situation or one particular uh, depression that you faced throughout your career in, in the news industry and how you did to get yourself out of that situation or what in to the news industry in the news industry oh my god yes um well i can think it's a it's a uh let's say more than 10 years ago okay um actually before uh assuming the role that i have nowadays in new york city Okay. Uh, there was another moment when I was ready to get that role. Mm -hmm. And then internally in the company that you're working uh, for, uh, you know where all of the connections are for you to be able to make it happen. And then you go, you take the risk after, of course, many years of like hard working and 
showing your talent and making sure that uh, everybody around who's supposed to like have the power and decisions back then uh, that they know you they know your talent they know what you're able to do and i felt ready to assume that same position that i'm having now um and i tried and i talked to people and i pushed forward and i tried to break that um glass ceiling as they say and i tried and i knocked really hard and i was just like there with my hammer trying to break it trying to break it trying to break it and it didn't work all of all because internal office politics which in our media organizations and like as any other like working organization they play a lot into everybody else's life and careers and decisions and everything so because of internal politics and like it was just not time for me so that makes you think about uh, how in many circumstances regardless of being sure and uh, knowing your talent, your capabilities, what you're able to do to deliver. Um, but not, maybe they don't see you the way you think you're seen. So that's interesting because in our media industries, if you're not, and, and of course, that's that, of course, it was depressing. It was a heavy hit because seriously, honestly, I was so sure right I, that i that i that i knew that i had everything but they don't see you the way you see yourself so that is and like as i was saying earlier that's the kind of event and circumstance that you're certain about this reality that that you create around yourself that you hold so true and so sure in your heart but then there's others that tell you that's not and in my case, uh, what I was told, I was, well, in my case, I was first not seen, or maybe they didn't take me seriously, which was much more, more hurtful in my case. Yeah. It didn't take me seriously mm -hmm. uh, because they just, they just don't see you the way you see yourself. So uh, when you're pretty much like not taken like as the person who you're, you, you believe you are, then then that hurts. Um, and my my way to deal with that was just, just like, you do you, you keep doing it yourself and getting better day by day. You just keep going, pushing forward and, and moving forward. Um, and again, uh, that's when my motto, let's say of like, yes, you could be your problem, but you're your own solution. I just, kept working and going on and then life later on had a beautiful surprise and here i am <laughs> i love it i love it yeah everything always works out in your favor yeah. those difficult situations become your gift and your lessons uh, and you mm -hmm. get to choose whether you want to stay feeling sorry for yourself or whether you want to take it as your gift and find ways or, or, or choose ways to improve on yourself and work on yourself so that you could get that position or whatever you truly desire. I'm wondering if it, in this case for you, if it was a situation whether, 
you know, they went with a different correspondent, but do you feel um, like it was, you know, racial discrimination or along any of those lines? No, I, in my case in particular, I was lucky, uh, I mean, I compared to, to others who have had that happen to them. Uh, yeah. In my case, it was, it, the race didn't uh, play a play role or anything. It was just okay. internal politics in terms of, um, they just, they were trying to give a job to someone who was out of a job. Okay. <laughs> and he was closer friends with the person who in the end had uh the power of decision so they went with that person but it was a total internal politics uh in in the office kind of situation that was that was off i'm 100 percent sure about that like okay. somebody uh they were trying to give a job to someone who didn't have it uh then and because that person was already in the states and everything uh they just went with that person and then okay. it didn't work out Okay. <laughs> and then I came. Yeah, and now, yeah. now you're here at NTN24. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, like in every, I think in in a lot of companies, uh, sometimes who you know plays a big role in in landing Absolutely. a job, and it has nothing to do <clears throat> with yeah. your talent or lack thereof talent. Connections, so. connections, 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 and yeah, absolutely. It's okay. all about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alejandro, so, you know, you're obviously, I think, covering, well, you've covered multiple important events across your career. Um, this might be one of the most important, as well as the crisis in Venezuela, um, at least mm -hmm. for Latin America and the Americas, the crisis in Venezuela was a huge, huge part of your reporting career. I'm wondering, um, what you think has been the most challenging part of being in the news industry so far? Wow. Ay, ay, ay. Well, I believe that one of, there's, of course, many challenges um, in this industry, even the future itself of the industry, you know, with a growing uh, uh, media landscape that's uh, turning more digital, like in a media landscape that's evolving so much mm -hmm. in which uh everything that is digital and and, 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 um, and just to mention a quick idea that i that just came to my mind probably one of the biggest uh challenges overall as a reporter is like how do you keep being on an industry and working on it when you are certain that you're living in what they call the post-truth world so what's true now because of like fake news and all of it um being a reporter overall in the former u.s administration quite a challenge being faced in the street many times as people are yelling and even nowadays not so much as it was or as it got uh, at what point and being a latino reporter in the united states also fake news they yell at your face without even knowing you so the power of words it's very very important to take into account in this industry uh challenge of being reported in this super hyper hyper polarized world that we're living that's been quite a challenge uh another big 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 challenge has been um 
China. I, how how can I describe this? It's 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 not a it's not a complex issue, but it's like how do you move forward uh, in a world overall? This is much. I'm I'm going like on a, on a bigger level. When you feel that everything is crumbling around you, in terms of like, what is this? Where are we all going as a world? What's going on? So how do you move forward? How do you hold yourself together? Um, that has been a challenge, especially because of all of the crises that I've been covering. Because just to sum up, like what we're dealing with right now, we're not out of the pandemic. Now there's a war that has all the potential to keep worsening because it's not getting any better. Uh, dealing with an economy that's like probably heading towards a rough time. And then you're there and then you're trying to figure out yourself like, what kind of world am I living? Because the world that our parents live, at least, or people that are older than us in a way they lived a little bit of a different world that had I believe uh, there was a maybe a bit more hopeful but right now it's very very tough so those are the, like the main my, my main challenges are like the context challenges the, my main challenges are those or the context around um, because again the main reason what I do what I do is because I want to find answers. I want to help people connect the dots. I want to help them understand. And if I, for one, sometimes I'm like struggling to make sense of reality, then it's very difficult sometimes <laughs> to, to try to do that. But um, but they by, by, after all, day after day, uh, it is again, uh, my connections to people that I have around. So that's, for example, why um, I try to have people around me who I know that are going to bring me in some aspects a level of happiness, a level of joy, because it will be really, especially now, it will be really tough to have like, you know, a difficult circumstance at home or whatever and like not having like a healthy emotional life after work. That will be devastating right now. So I try to at least have something that pulls me together in a way that allows me not feel so bad about the world right now because it's very 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 tough right yeah now. and i think go ahead i think no, it's no. important yeah. i think it's important to to mention you know that sometimes i know it was in my my case i felt guilty for taking time off when there was breaking news or for oh. going on vacation and as I was hopping on a flight, for example, I would get a text from my news director like, hey, by the way, there was a shooting next to the White House. And I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting on the flight about to leave for vacation. And they're like, well, can you cover? I'm like, no, I already asked for the time off and I'm on the flight. I, I can't get off the flight, you know? It's like, yeah. yeah, like, you know, what do you want me to do? It's like, but, I'm going, bye-bye. <laughs> but then yeah. you left feeling guilty <clears throat> because you were leaving. You know, so I, I want to make sure that all journalists know that um, it's okay to feel a little bit of guilt, but then ask yourself why you're feeling guilty and and allow yeah. yourself to release that guilt or shame from taking time off from the news because Oof. it is okay to unwind and we all need it. 
And if you are not mentally, emotionally, or physically okay and stable, and if you don't take that time for yourself, how do you expect to deliver the news in a way that is valuable for you and for the audience? So, Mm -hmm. you know, start shifting that mentality from guilt to it is so valuable that I take time for myself to be okay Mm. with myself so that I can deliver information and content in a way that is valuable and and that that I'm okay with, you know, going back to what you mentioned about feeling at peace with yourself. I try a lot. And um, again, I uh, I mean, nobody said it was going to be easy because it's not, especially in the context that we're living. But I do have to admit that nowadays, even more uh, than other periods, but like unplugging, these days has been really, really difficult to unplug, like to not be aware about the things because it's, it's, a, it's an evolving crisis. It's a worsening crisis and it's changing by the minute. And, it, and if there's any significant event that you're supposed to be following, then you're, you're there, you're there. Uh, <clears throat> I do have to say though, that I, I like right now, try to unplug a little bit, even if it's just for a couple of hours, it, it really helps. Uh, because the times that we're living, the context that we're living, it's, it's, um, it's not good. In terms of um, it's world moving events that are so strong and so powerful. And definitely if uh, there is a, let's hope there is like a, a, a not a quick or fast, but like, let's hope that there's a solution in the, in the road to this war in, in Eastern Europe. Um, these are events that pretty much they're going to be once, you know, in our lifetimes. And we're just navigating through this completely uncharted territory and um, not connecting to that world right now is it's it's definitely another challenges we're talking about challenges oh my god that one try to unplug for a bit and try to see do other things and not having that on the back of your head wow it's tough but then again you're gonna try because in the end not everything is about i mean after all you still are yourself you have your life your things and then uh Overall, what a difficult time, really. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and I think that, you know, I, I agree. It's been difficult times. And uh, but something that has helped me a lot is uh, one of my good friends, Christine, sent me an article the other day about the opponent. And, <clears throat> you know, the opponent in this case would be Vladimir Putin. And what is the opponent yeah. calling humanity to do? So in the midst of difficult and tough situations, let's find even just a little bit of light or something good. So what is the opponent calling humanity to do? To come together in unity to help Ukraine, to help refugees. And so, you know, when we think of the opponent as as hard as it may be, as somebody who is actually shedding light on how much good there is in Mm -hmm. humanity, because I think social media, if, if something good has been happening recently with social media is the fact that this war it has been seen around the world. I mean, Putin can't leave Russia right now. He has nowhere to hide, nowhere to go. 
So the yes. opponent is in a way calling humanity to come together, unify and help create community to support each other. And then, you know, that along with, I had a conversation the other day with my cousin as well, and her, her name is also actually Christina. And she was telling me like, yeah, you know, in very difficult times when you find even just one small thing that you can be thankful for, one small thing that you see good in someone mm. that could help you change yeah. your whole perspective. And what is the good in Putin right now? He's the opponent and he's calling us to come together for one cause yeah. and <clears throat> to do something better for the world. That definitely has been, uh, there's reason for hope. That's, um, mm -hmm. that's, that's the way that I see it. And I absolutely agree with that uh, in terms of, um, there's definitely a unified international community that's falling uh, towards peace. And I can even mm -hmm. say that uh, there was, um, there was, recently there was the last, um, it was a big meeting at the United Nations General Assembly that was called under the item of Unified for Peace. And it was uh, 141 countries signing together a declaration. And when you're saying countries, it means their diplomatic representatives at the United Nations, meaning it's the, the representatives of their government. So you really feel that it's the peoples of the world really uniting for peace. That was the concept of rebuking uh, violence in the most like possible worst way and things that you were by the way <laughs> now that we're speaking about it yeah one of the most impactful things that i have like had a that i've struggled with i gotta tell you really struggled yeah. like to understand overall mm -hmm. things that I really thought that humanity and the world was already over. Things about taking land by the force, forcing people just to, that kind of situation that I thought that humanity was really over, turns, we're not. And the fact that you feel, or I've been feeling, that the clock is turned backwards decades, and now we're leaving the situation that you thought the all that kind of situation that you thought was only that belonged primarily to texts and to history books, and yet here we are leaving the same thing. That's been beyond like mind blowing in my case. Like really trying to understand, yeah. it's beyond like. We're living in a war because this dude wants to take another country and he's using the force and now he's threatening to have all the world into another uh, example, by the way, connected to this, of the power of words. Mm -hmm. And this is even for you and everybody who's watching to keep in mind. The of fact course. that you have the chief of the United Nations, the Secretary General Antonio Guterres, saying something as strong, it's strong, like, this is parental warning. These are strong words, but they're true. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's saying that the prospect of a nuclear conflict stopped being part of something unthinkable to be again part of the realm of possibility in 2022. 
think about that just for a second. Like scary. nuclear conflict. Really it's scary. beyond. Because in the end, when a top diplomat like Antonio Guterres is saying that, it means, uh, among other things, it's positioning, meaning red lines have been drawn already. Mm-hmm. And there's things happening in the background that the public cannot really know about because they're mm-hmm. strong. But when this guy, as the top diplomat of the world, says that publicly, states that publicly, then you gotta start thinking. Because that means the state and the condition of the world, our world, the one you and I share, it's everything but certain. And those are the things and sources of concern that um, after all, I fix and I reconcile by taking a look in social media, for example, like how everybody is like hashtag standing with Ukraine. That means that nobody wants to live in that chaos that we really want to leave our own world and try to be happy with what we have because today we have it, but tomorrow we don't. And two, I mean, that's so important. And to go back to several points that you touched on, one, the power of language and the power of words. Um, The Uh, fact that Antonio Guterres said that publicly just gives you a brief picture of what is going on behind the scenes in those diplomatic channels. And I I can guarantee you those meetings are beyond intense. Um, But two, uh, you know, something very magical and amazing that you just mentioned is um, those 142 countries, I think you said, voted in 141, favor. yeah. 141 uh, countries voted in favor in the United Nations. And just to put it in perspective for people, there's 195 countries in the world. I believe it's 193 countries uh, that are member yeah. states of the United uh, Nations. And for yeah. 141 to vote in favor of the same thing. I mean, Alejandro, can you talk to us about how difficult that is? I mean, you know, it is it's not often when you get difficult. so many countries voting. Not only that, it's uh, it's it's the fact that rallying the entire world in that way, uh, it's it, it's intense. It's a diplomatic, mm-hmm. uh, insane kind of job. Uh, but most importantly, in this case, it can happen, which it means, happen. after all, we as a humanity and like as the people of the world, there's real common interests for everybody. But overall, 141 countries voting on the side of one thing, it's a very, mm, it's a beyond powerful declaration. It really mm-hmm. is a statement. It really is a call to action. It really is a message, a direct message to those who really don't care, apparently, or those whose ambitions and whose uh, wicked ideas of the world uh, are leading us towards uh, undesired situation. But in this case, 141, it's it's a beyond strong message of how do we really want to live, which is after all in peace with our... Exactly. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Putin, without it being his initial intention, is 
yeah. creating just that unity across the world for one common of goal, which is, which is peace. Um, Alejandro, and you know, before we we part ways, because I know you have to go uh, to the new. Uh, yeah, it's been, I was just like, okay, what time is it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, last question: What is one thing that you would want the news industry to improve, or that you think needs to improve as soon as possible in the news industry? Overall. I do believe the industry needs to understand uh, a bit better their talents, but but their talents and what I mean is, we as talented people, as you are as a talented people, um, uh, we need to be uh, better understood as overall human beings, not just part of a machine or an industry. And what I, believe many times what happens is you're just supposed to deliver and do this and do that that it turns out you are a human being you're a complex entity that is not only made by your work your family also plays a role uh, your personal relationships everything you are a whole human being in your job even in the way you're compensated your pay or the circumstances of your work around sometimes does not take that into account. And I would really, really like to see an industry and in an overall, yeah, an industry that is more understanding of their talents and understanding in a way that, okay, you're delivering, if you're good, whatever, but you're also expected to deliver in other fronts. So an industry that's more understanding of you as a human being, not just a machine that's producing content and that's making money for your company. Being understood a lot better as human beings that we have our spaces, that we're not a unisphere. On the contrary, we are a multiple spheres that connect and an industry that understands you as a human being. That's what I would really like for the industry to do and to happen. Because if you were understood at all better as a human being and you were given like a better approach into like your work life balance how you relate the world whatever you would have happier people and when you have happy people you have people who deliver better and isn't that what we all, what we all want yeah i love that i love that alejandro thank you thank you thank you so much i can't thank you enough for opening up with us and for sharing your story with me. And I wish you the best of luck uh, with the next newscast and obviously with the rest of your career as well, but I know you don't need it because you're great. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, Media Healers. This has been therapy. Thank you for listening, y'all. Of course, of course. I love this. Thank you again <laughs> for sharing your story. Journalists, this was for you, to help you heal, to help you understand your worth, and to help you know you're not alone. So share the love and subscribe to Spotify and YouTube and follow us on Instagram. The Awakened Journalist is proud to present Media Healers by Emiliana Molina Fajardo.